You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Khan, and Dennis Dick with you this morning. Big show for us today. Mark Chaikin at 8.15 from Chaikin Analytics. And at 9, we got the CFO of Chegg, Andy Brown. So we're going to talk education, uh, the future of that, and uh, his recent stock performance is incredible. We'll talk that with a, with him at nine. In between that, we've got earnings, a lot of earnings. We've got the airlines up today on talks of another airline bailout type situation. Uh, Costco had their sales for July yesterday. They were amazing. Blue Apron down on an offering. So a lot to get to on our show. Let's bring on Joel O'Connor, and he can recap for what is happening for us here in the pre-market session because we are a little weak. Yeah, good morning, uh, traders and investors. A uh, little bit of weakness here in the S&P 500 index futures. Let me illustrate this uh, with the chart. Uh, made a new high for the move, went up to 29 and a quarter. That eclipsed the high from yesterday at 23 and a quarter. So that was a pretty good sell. And we leaked a little bit. Uh, momentum picked up around 6.45, 7 o'clock here. And you can see we went down 3.0050, the old psychological 3,000 level. Uh, that was the area of the close on Tuesday. What I'm looking for, maybe a downside target, Wednesday's Globex low at 92. That would be 32.92. Uh, crude giving a little bit back here, down 24 cents at 41.95 after spending a little time in a 42 handle. Gold is ripping. I don't even want to look at my GDX. Gold's up $23.20 at 2700 so 2072 and 30 cents and silver's ripping that's up a buck 50 at 28.38 looking for the 30 handle here in silver and once again bitcoin doesn't want to be left out bitcoin's up 55 dollars 
at 11,905. Those are the futures. And uh, we did hit 12,000 momentarily. Uh, Triple D, I know you're in a fast market over yeah. there. I, I hope you're hedged overnight because uh, this is a little unusual activity on the downside. Yeah, and I always stay hedged on my day trading portfolio. And maybe that's a good segue just, you know, to talk about that because, you know, obviously I trade a little different style. What I try to trade, and I've talked about this before, is market neutral. And what that means is I have equal longs and equal shorts. So when the market is up and the market, you know, tanks all of a sudden, I'm not going to get slammed in my day trading portfolio because my shorts will pick up the slack. What I'm trying to do is make money on my individual calls, and I don't want the overall market to, you know, to, to tank and, you know, I'm all long stocks and maybe I pick good stocks, but they tank just because the overall market's going down. So, you know, I make calls on value versus growth. You know, I'm trying to extract alpha from little individual inefficiencies. And obviously we know I do a lot of index arbitrage. I do risk arbitrage. I do all whole types of different types of trading, but I also make calls too. And, you know, I might like a setup and say, okay, I'll buy some of this, but I'm going to short a little bit of spy against it just in case the market tanks. I'm going to short a little cues against my tech stock just in case the market tanks. So I always trade market neutral. So I am always hedged in my day trading portfolio. Long-term investing, I'm just always long. I never, I never put yep. a short on in my long-term portfolio. I'm, I raise cash, but I'm always long. But on my day trading portfolio, my break trading account, it's almost always hedge. And that's one thing that you did not learn from me. The hedging, the hedging strategies. <laughs> All right. I mean, well, that's why, you know, I trade SPY every day and it's usually my hedge. Right now I'm short SPY because I was long some stocks from last night. I was actually putting on a little bit of value versus um, SPY last night. That's not working that great because that trade is reversed. And maybe we should talk about that because last night we got some news from Donald Trump that they were considering another airline bailout. And the airlines blasted off on that, uh, on that uh, just because he said that. And they've started to leak the gains, though, Spencer. Um, is, is there any other details you have on that? Yeah, so it's funny because we've been waiting for weeks now for some sort of additional stimulus for, for everybody else, right? Because that ran out at the end of July. We haven't gotten anything from that yet. Congress said they're trillions of dollars apart on the, on the overall stimulus package. But in terms of the bailouts, uh, I guess for further along on a tw an, an, another $25 billion because oh, that's what was given to the airlines uh, mm -hmm. way, the first time around. And so uh, what the president said is they're looking at giving an additional $25 billion to the airlines or to, yeah, the airlines. And, and um, for some reason, and this market is funny and, you know, just because you see something, you think it's going to do this. Sometimes it does the opposite. The airlines all blast off last night. Bring up AAL. It might be the Got best it. example because yep. one of the most volatile stocks. Trade up to 1340 on the news. Actually, 1360, I can see there. Was actively trading in the 1340 um, area, though, pretty much all night. And then they just started to leak. And it started to leak. And now, if you look, it's leaked back about two-thirds of the gains here. So still trading in the green, which is good news on a down day. But also concerning that not holding the gains on excellent, you know, news for them individually. Do I agree with bailing out all the airlines? Um, I, I think it's tough. I think it's tough to just be throwing money if it's just going to be a band aid, and you know, and there's going to be a lot less people flying. You know, I just don't want to see the taxpayers end up, you know, losing money here because we have seen airlines go bankrupt before. But Trump has said this, and he, you know, he doesn't want any companies to go bankrupt on his watch. So he's going to do whatever he can and throw whatever money at it, uh, that he can, you know, despite obviously putting our grandkids in a lot more debt. I mean, there's nothing you know, that we, you know, on a personal level can do except just go with it and understand as traders what it means. And it means that he doesn't want any companies to fail. 
We've seen the reopening rally the last few days. Yeah. It continues a little bit here this morning. But with that being said, a little concerning that we have leaked the gains in the airlines. Uh, nice confluence here. Uh, that popped to 13. Well, actually, I've seen 1360 right on the kisser. The, uh, the purple and the what is that? Magenta. What's that other light blue cover? Those colors represent the pre-market purple trading. And blue. Purple and blue. After hours in pre-market trading at high at 1360. Perfectly coincided. I'm going to move over here to the daily chart on the right. That high on the daily chart was 1348. We got to 1360. That was a big level. We didn't immediately come off it. But that's going to be a big level to watch uh, in in today's session. Uh, 1260 is, I call it, intermediate support here on the 15-minute chart. Uh, but pop, that's a big area. And, and Dennis, I'll give you some kudos. You were you were kind of leaning towards you know on the reopening trade the last couple of days. Yeah, uh, you were kind of leaning that way. Yeah, and I've been biased. I made some money on Boeing. I've been biased long the reopening stocks versus short the tech stocks. Just making a call that value versus tech would outperform. Yesterday, that very much worked. We saw IWM have a fantastic day, and the QQQs were basically flat. So that trade worked very well yesterday. I mean, it's now two three days, and it seems like every time. Time this gets to about the third day, it starts to come off and the trade starts to go the other way again. We know QQQ versus IWM, QQQ long versus IWM short has been a fantastic trade since the bottom, since March and April, because a lot of the reopening stocks haven't rallied nearly as much as some of these tech stocks. But, you know, it's crowded. And, and, and there's no better example than the earnings here today to talk to you about crowded trades, because you see, and you can look at a, a stock like PZZA, Papa John's, and you can say, man, that was an awesome report. Why is the stock trading down? The simple reason is that it was a crowded trade. I actually shorted the stock last night ahead of the report. And I said to my buddy, I think they beat, I think they kill it. I think they still bring it down. And I, I covered already this morning. I was shorting at 102 and I was a little covering the 97. Not handle. much traded up there. I uh, traded a little bit though. It, traded, it, it was trading for a while. So I traded multiple times between 101 and 102. It was pretty much up there. And actually this morning, it got the lift right in the same area, 102, 103 on the good new report. And then they started to leak in. I was, and I thought about even adding to it because I could have had like a 102 bid. And I was like, I don't know. So you're, you're selling in a good report. Give us a number, Spencer. But this is just crowded trades 101. Yeah, it was good. I wasn't saying it was like a, the greatest report ever or anything. Q2 EPS, they did beat 48 cents per share versus a 45 cent estimate. Sales did miss 460 versus 468 million dollars. So mixed on the headline numbers for Papa John's, I did not look any deeper than that. Yeah, and I saw something about um that the the sales the the, the uh, same store sales I think were up still over 30 percent for July. So that's a number that the market would really like as well. But again, the stock has just run too far. So this is a matter of priced for perfection, and it wasn't a perfect quarter. So predictably, actually, it started to come off. So I got a little bit of money on that. Um, it's trained down 97.03. Like I said, I've already covered it. Um, you look at the opposite story here, and let's go to QSR. Wait, listen, let me get... do real quick on this, Triple D. Yeah, go ahead. Trading at yesterday's low, which was 96.52. So you're getting a reset there. You're not even at a gap area. But my number for this is going to be 94.70. That's what I'd be looking for on the downside. That splits the pair lows from Monday and Tuesday, 94.72, 94.66. And going the opposite way, so the opposite story here, QSR. And bring up the numbers for QSR, and uh, you'll get a completely different picture here because obviously uh, this is an order out pizza. This is Popeye's. 
which I think some of them have drive through but not all of them do, and Burger King and Tim Hortons. Give us the numbers for QSR. Yeah, this report was not as good. Uh, earnings Bad share, report. Earnings per share last quarter, $0.33 cents versus a $0.56 cent estimate. Sales, $1.05 versus $1.15 billion. So a miss and a miss uh, for on the headline numbers for QSR. Like you said, it's, it's not a delivery-centric business. Yeah. So there you go. Delivery, we know, is firing on all cylinders, and this is not. So I guess they look out and they say, well, you know, we think all the bad news is still baked in here, and they're buying the stock up anyways. There was a renewal of their normal course issuer, uh, which, which might be actually helping this in their normal course issuer bid because they're looking at uh, doing a slight repurchase on some could of the stock. Could you, read, could you, uh, you th- explain that one, please? Oh man, you're going to get me all fundamental here at eight in the morning. No, so it. it's, it's just a way to do a buyback. Okay. So it's a fancy, it's a fancy way and it's just doing a buyback. So they're looking, if I'm just looking at the notice here, um, I'm just reading it as I go. So I haven't read this. I just saw the headline, but I just clicked onto it. So they may, RBI, restaurant brands may, may purchase up to 300 million of its common stock over the next year. So they're, okay. they're talking that they, I think that they suspended that. I believe they suspended it, if I'm remembering correctly, and now they're they're reinstating it. So they're looking at doing a little bit of a buyback. So they must see, you know, that it's obviously, you know, turning around to a certain extent. So I think that's a reason why the stock is not down significantly on a on a very bad report. Uh, but it just goes to show you too the crowded trades, and we've talked about this for a long time. Crowded trades, it doesn't matter sometimes what the numbers are. It matters more what the sentiment is going in, and obviously in this case. Um, sentiment for QSR was very, you know, poor, so they can beat the lower expectations. And something like Papa John's, everybody expecting them to blow everything away, and they don't blow it away, and that's when it starts to leak. So sentiment matters sometimes more than the numbers. Okay, uh, the pop got to a nice round number, uh, 60, 59.98. And, but I'm just going to look at this chart, and what, what just really stands out to me is 58 bucks. You snuck up to 58.80 yesterday. I do realize that. 57.75 close. But it just, when you look at these dailies here, it just seems like someone was wiggling it out at 58. You look at all these highs, a double top at 8.16, another top at 8.08, and another one at 8.18, 8.28. So I'm just looking at that chart, and I'm thinking, if it gets over 58, holds 58, Boom, we'll make a run. But it's just such a persistent uh, resistance level going back over the last month. Conversely, on the downside, you got to hold 56. So still in the trading range. Let's see if it can bust out of it uh, today off the earnings report. Another example of crowded trades coming off two stocks, Etsy and Roku. And maybe we can do them together, Mr. Israel, because it's 276 stocks reporting. I think, uh, you know, we might have to combo these to get a couple in. (laughs) Both of these stocks, pretty good quarters. Both of these stocks are red because the expectations were simply too high. Yeah. And after I I read these numbers, we'll bring Mark Chicken on here in a second. Uh, Sure. EPS for Roku, 35 cent loss versus a 51 cent loss estimate. So good beat there. Mm -hmm. Sales beat 356 million versus 312 million. Good beat uh, on the top and bottom lines for Roku. Etsy, same story. Beat and a beat. A very big beat for Etsy, actually. Yes. On the EPS. A huge beat. So uh, big beats for Roku and Etsy, but not seeing that play out in the stock. Yeah, and they lifted it orig- initially because the algos just say, oh, beat, beat, bye, bye. And that just doesn't <laughs> work sometimes. Obviously, in this market, there's a lot more to it. 
they've run. I mean, Roku's a hundred bucks a month and a half ago. It's 165. It was at the close 156 now. So not surprising that they pull the rug out from under it. Etsy has just been straight up in the quarter. I mean, to a ridiculous level. Like the thing went from $100 five days ago to $135. So you're talking about stocks up 30% a week and a half. So again, expectations is simply too high. Hell of a quarter. Company firing on all cylinders, but expectations too high and the trade was crowded. So it's coming off a little bit. Is Mark and there? If, if you were quick, real quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll bring Mark in. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, bring Mark in I'm bringing him on, but Joel, finish your thought. Uh, man, if you were, if you were hawking that all time high in Roku, you got filled. Uh, 176.55 was your all time high from September and they ripped it higher than that. You were probably regretting it when they hit 178.77, uh, but they pulled the rug out, trying to find support here at 156. I, I'll look at the dailies here and post some levels. Uh, Etsy. Uh, the craft company, uh, same, popped new time, all-time high, holding 134. For me, for this one, I'll just, if, as long as we hold above yesterday's low, which is 130.38, I mean, I think the bull is still in control. We'll see what happens at yesterday's low. Hello, Mr. Chaykin. Yeah, I'm bringing Mark on here. Mark Chaykin is the founder. Good morning, Vietnam. How's it going, Mark? <laughs> Um, it's going well. I was outside cleaning up sticks, twigs, and leaves from the uh, tornado that hit Connecticut. The tornado? Yeah, actually, how you doing, Mark? Because my parents don't have power, and they're not going to have power for a few days. Really? Yeah. Same here. Well, we're working on a backup generator, fortunately, yep. and yep. propane's holding out. Yep. Everybody okay? Yeah, everybody's great. The tornado didn't hit here, but two tornadoes. This is the second worst natural disaster to hit Connecticut in wow. 100 years. Is I that think, being I think spawned everyone... from the hurricane? or? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. gone, and yesterday was a beautiful day, but uh, Tuesday was hell on wheels. I think people who lived through Sandy uh, guide generators, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of them at least. So, I mean, that's what my parents did, so... Uh, glad that everyone's okay uh, in, in your neck of the woods, Mark. Because that, that that storm looked scary. looked like it was bad. Um, it was scary. So let's talk about the market here. Um, what are your thoughts on where we are right now? I, I'm still very bullish on the market. This was supposed to be uh, choppy August. Well, it's anything but choppy. Although today we're starting out with a little bit of weakness in the futures, as you pointed out, uh, ahead of the um, employment claims number. You've got a market that's feeding off all this liquidity. There's nowhere else for people to go. And yeah, you're getting some profit-taking stocks like Etsy and Roku. Regeneron yesterday opened at a new all-time high and then sold off fairly sharply, 3 or 4%. Mm -hmm. uh, but then other stocks like Teva in the pharmaceuticals, Horizon Therapeutics, uh, reported just blowout numbers and kept going because people weren't expecting it. So... Um, I'm looking at two bellwether stocks. I'm looking at Overstock.com and Wayfair. We buy from both of them. I wish I could say that I was on board three months ago, two months wow. ago, one month ago, but they just keep going. And mm -hmm. I think those are your bellwethers. As long as those stocks keep going up, I think you can safely believe the market's going to work its way higher. This Overstock has just been unbelievable, and I can't believe it either. So we got down in March to two bucks on this yeah <laughs> to two dollars and you think okay well it's going out of business when it goes from 80 to two 
you think, okay, it's probably going to the rest of it to zero because this is just why well, I guess stocks don't go to zero. We even see that with Hertz. So maybe it would have been a no-brainer buy at $2 if we would have known that they don't even take bankrupt companies to zero. But, I mean, I don't think anybody would have expected this thing to make new all-time highs when it falls from $85 to 2 and then it, and four months later it would be making new all-time highs. That is unbelievable. This has got to be one of the stocks of the year. That's an I'll, this I'll unbelievable comeback. I'll add to your, uh, if not pain, your amazement. The power gauge, Jake and power gauge rating turned bullish on April 20th at eight bucks. We got to get at a Jake and power gauge. We got to have that on our screen all the time. You got to have there. it. Eight dollars and to 93. And it's remained bullish the whole time? Yeah. Hasn't wow. budged, outperforming they the market. Didn't, they it's really deep. have. Yeah. There were no, no real dip. I mean, there were some dips in there. The dips were so minor, and yeah. that, that, that it never that. turned. It's not technical; it's fundamental. Yeah, uh, and it's looking at analyst estimates and opinions. But uh, Wayfair, same thing. Wayfair reported blowout numbers the other day, and it didn't back away at all. So not I think much. The difference, the difference between Etsy uh, and and Wayfair or Overstock is Overstock and Wayfair have broad merchandise lines. Uh, Etsy is sort of a one-trick pony, although you know they're they're playing that game very well. But if you look at, I mean, I know where we're spending our money. You know, it's Amazon. But then when you want something specific for the home, patio, porch, uh, pool, we're looking on Wayfair. We're looking on uh, Overstock. Uh, I said to Sandy, we had, if we had invested in Overstock, what we bought from them. We would have. What do you buy from them, Mark? We buy porch furniture, covers for the porch furniture. But they're like, um, you know, they're an entree to a lot of different brands. Some brands you can get on Amazon, but they're they're so cheap when uh, and they're they're doing specials all the time. They give you 25% coupon when you log on and give them your email address. This. These guys are doing it right. Remember, they got rid of that crazy CEO who got them into Bitcoin and online yeah. trading. Uh, I think that was in sometime in 2020. And, and since then, it's being run like a company, not like a, you know, a, uh, a speechifying platform. And a lot of people think this is still just a Bitcoin company, but it's not really anymore. Like you said, um, you know, there's still, I think, a little bit of exposure there. But for the most part, this is just online shopping. It is online shopping at a discount. And it's not always, you know, the primo quality merchandise, but the user feedback is so good that you can pretty much tell when something is, you know, a bogus sale or something you want to pass on. And they've got so much traffic on that site. uh, And so you get great customer feedback. But I mean, the market is more than just about these online shopping stocks. The, the, The biotech and the pharmaceutical stocks are doing so well. And there's a lot of money to be made there. Uh, I interesting. Mean, yeah. Th- there was news here on Bristol Myers, multiple headlines last night. Uh, they got a positive ruling on one of their drugs and Bristol Myers and Pfizer are comboing that one. I think I never pronounced the drug names right here, Spencer. So if you want to get my back. Only pro. Brent does uh, that. Yeah, I know. Um, we never do them well, but um, they got a positive ruling on Ac. I'm not even going to try it. So pause really on a truck and uh, the stock popped three bucks, but then you come in, you look here and it's given back a little bit because it did report earnings here this morning. But I mean, big pharma has performed well. Biotechs, you know, we know have been still performing fairly well and holding up fairly well. 
let's just talk overall industry. What are your thoughts on pharma? Uh, well, big pharma has disappointed Bristol Myers, you know, has been stuck in the 55, 56, 60 range. Um, I think it's all about vaccines and biotech uh, drugs. Uh, I, I like the whole sector, but I'd rather focus on biotech than on uh, pharma. What, what biotech stocks are you looking at if you're any, looking at any individual ones? Horizon Therapeutics. And the only reason I'm looking at it is Sandy found it uh, with the Chicken Screener, HZNP. Uh, they reported just blowout numbers yesterday. Revenue is like 50% higher than anticipated. And they've got one drug, uh, I can't pronounce it either, but uh, they upped the annual sales projection from 1 billion to 3 billion. It's a stock I didn't even know about. It's just huge, huge numbers. And there are other ones, uh, you know, Biomarin and um, lots of stocks that are benefiting from the focus on vaccines, the focus on um, biotech in general. I think it's a matter of focus right now. Uh, HZNP also did announce a 700 million common stock offering. Uh, that was yesterday afternoon. So uh, going to weigh up, probably going to weigh on the stock here this morning. Um, but, th- but think about it. These offerings are great. Well, These companies how- are raising money. At- oh, they need them. Right. They need uh, them. This, this stock was 25 bucks in the fall. They're now selling money at 3x where they were trading. It's amazing. I mean, that's it's a smart management. Amazing. That's just smart yep. management, and you know that that's one thing. Is a big difference. We said this a couple of days ago on the show. Is a big difference between doing an offering to survive and doing an offering to grow. And I always like buying companies that are doing offerings to grow. And obviously, when you have a good trials, you're trying to grow and you're trying to fund the next level of trials. So you're right, and they're you know able to sell stock this high. Why not get some cash going so you can fund those trials? Notice who's not raising cash manufacturing companies why do you think that is because they don't (laughs) they don't need money they you know the rest of the world is mature that's why there's such a big focus on tech even when we get out of this quagmire we're in and we get a vaccine down the road you know manufacturing is basically dead in america and people are looking at biotech they're looking at technology in general they're looking at the changing trends with uh, work at home, shop at home. And, you know, except for some of these biotech companies, which do need to fund, you know, second and third stage research, uh, capital is not a big deal, except look at what Google did. Why in the world did Google need $10 billion? But they raised it at the lowest, they raised it in the bond market, the lowest interest rates ever for a big company. So uh, when you when you question why the market is going up based on, you know, traditional valuation analysis or metrics companies are awash with cash they can raise whatever they want to raise uh and it, it's a wash of liquidity that just keeps uh, you know waving over this market now there'll, there'll be a correction i don't know when i don't know what's going to trigger it you know trump is and pompeo are you know making loud noises about china again keeping technology off the U.S. platforms. But this market shrugs it all off, and that doesn't mean it makes sense, except when you look at liquidity. 
Yep. The trend is your friend. It'll shrug it off until it doesn't. And by that point, we'll know. Uh, but the, it's always a question of how long does the party go? Uh, well, and that's a question too, Mark, I have for you is you, you see this rotation the last three days into value and a little bit coming off the tech. And every time we get to about the third day, it seems like that trade just reverses again and the money flows back into tech and they start selling off the value stocks. Is there any hope here? Like I, I do see, you know, the IWM starting to look like it's ready to break out. Obviously a lot of value stocks in the small caps there. Is there some hope here for value? There's only two things that will get value up of uh, the yield curve uh, steepening and a vaccine. And so periodically uh, you get whispers about inflation and the yield curve steepening and the Fed actually said they're going to rethink how they deal with inflation to try and get it up. And so that helps small caps. Uh, they're always performing better when the yield curve is steepening. Uh, but the vaccine that reopens the economy is probably the only concrete thing that's going to get uh, value stocks moving. And, you know, why do you want value when the proven earnings are in the, the tech stocks? I mean, look at NVIDIA. NVIDIA made a new all-time high. Yeah, tech has been under pressure, but then you find isolated names that I think Yeah, they just don't are, go down. Yeah, indicative they do, they of where right the market away. is because NVIDIA is... Yeah, NVIDIA's got their fingers in five different pies, as you know. So um, I, why fish around in value? It's, it's not just bottom fishing. It's, it's contrary for contrary's sake. It's not going to make you money in the short run. And in, in the short run, you're better off in some of these names on dips. Hey, Mark, when's, uh, when's this um, metal rally going to end? Uh, it's amazing. Uh, you know, stock, when stocks like Freeport, Mac Moran are moving up, you know you're in a uh, trend. Uh, gold is a heads I win, tails you lose proposition because if we get inflation, you want to own gold. If we're looking like deflation, you want to own gold. Uh, it's, it, it, it's gotten critical liftoff and it's, you know, it's out of the atmosphere and in orbit. And Normally, when gold is up, I don't know, 13 weeks in a row, seven weeks in a row, it, it pauses. There's no pause here. Some, uh, someone made an interesting point. If you're under 50 or under 40, you buy Bitcoin. If you're over 40, you buy gold. Too. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark Chaikin is the founder of Chaikin Analytics. Joins us every other Thursday. Mark, uh, good to know that you're safe and uh, keep, keep on staying safe. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Here we come with a number. Let's see what this yeah, is. Yeah, we're yeah, lifting. We're Just lifting. Got initial jobs claims out a few seconds ago. 1.186 yeah. million claims filed last week. That was, uh, but not as many as expected. 1.41 was the estimate. It is less than the estimate and less than last week's reading. So not as alarming as yesterday's ADP number was, which is good to know as far as tomorrow's jobs report is concerned, but uh, continuing claims continuing to fall. So AD, we've seen ADP be out of whack before uh, with, with the other, the other economic data points and jobs claims and the jobs number uh, ADP yesterday, very alarming uh, for private payrolls, but not an alarming job claims number today. So that's a good sign. Yeah. Uh, by the dippers are doing just that. Uh, we hit a low at three double Oh 50, uh, getting a nice boost here, uh, moving up towards mid-range on the session. 
Uh, that mid-range comes in at 33.15. I also kind of like that area because your close and your high close for the rebound was right there too. So 33.16, uh, we, know what, we know what our target is here on this little rally. Big pop today, obviously, just here in the last few minutes from the market. I'm just trying to look overall, and this is a very tricky day. Most stocks are down. Um, obviously, we know the airlines are trading higher off of Trump. But again, it's one of those days that it's going to be rotation station. You're going to see some stocks higher, some stocks lower. Last night, it was looking like it was going to be the value winning over growth again. But from this morning, that has kind of turned a certain bit. So just keep in mind that these rotations are wicked. And, you know, you just can't be saying, okay, well, market's going up. I'm going to buy this stock. I'm going to buy Apple because it's going up too. You've got to be aware of how the rotation is going. Um, obviously, you know, everything's lifting and Apple maybe isn't the best example because it seems like it goes up no matter what, just like Mark was saying with NVIDIA and AMD. I mean, there's just some stocks that just seem to go up no matter what. But overall, in the last couple of days, we've definitely seen value outperforming tech. I just don't know how long that trade's last. Can All we right, do more earnings? I've got a lot more. Uh, sure. I want to start with Kronos here uh, quickly. It is trading down. Uh, this morning, the numbers were not great, and I will tell you why. So the uh, the Q2 EPS for Chrono, C-R-O-N, they lost 31 cents per share last quarter. That was down from a 17 cent gain a year ago. Sales increased 9.88 million versus 7.68 million a year ago, but their earnings fell dramatically year over year. Why did that happen? Uh, here's what they said in their release. Uh, they said the decrease was driven by an increase in the cost of sales, driven by a higher volume of adult use sales, and a lack of wholesale revenue, as well as an inventory write-down of 3.1 million of dried cannabis and cannabis extracts. In other words, we have way too much weed. There's too much supply. I mean, Gordon Johnson has been on here, and he said they got like a year and a half of supply in Canada, and they don't know what to do with it all. And this is the issue. I mean... Yeah, these pot stocks continue, you know, they, they pop up, they get some life, and then they seem to drift back down. I mean, some of the charts look fairly healthy. So if you're just ignoring all the fundamentals, which this market does anyways, and you just look at the charts, you think, okay, we'll pull back here um, on Kronos this morning, maybe I'm buying it. I mean, Tilray, if you look at that one, huge support at $7. If you look at ACB, it's trying to find support in this $10 area. If you look at Afria, which reported, it's stabilized here in the 450 area. So you think, okay, well, Kronos got pretty good support between 6 and 650. So maybe I'm a buyer of those pullbacks. But if you're trying to throw the fundies in with it, then you maybe get a different picture because what you're saying, there's just too much supply there. And maybe eventually that comes to roost in the, in the fact that these earnings reports aren't going to be great. And that's what we saw from Afria. It wasn't great. Kronos wasn't great either. So it's a tricky market, you know, to continue to just ignore fundamentals all the time because I don't think the fundamentals are that great in the pot industry. But the charts don't look that bad. Uh, we'll just uh, we'll just stick with a Kronos here to see what the action is. Uh, trading at six sixty. I mean, you got you got three four lows in this area. I don't mind you seeing it take a stab yeah. here. I see six fifty, but I mean. I never like to buy on day one, though. The one thing I will say is when you're buying a dip on earnings, a lot of times it's better to wait till day two or three. Let the thing stabilize. Like, don't try to catch the falling knife. Just because you got a big level doesn't mean it can't cut through it like a hot knife through butter. So usually on day one, I wait, and then I kind of see, is it going to stabilize, or are they just going to take it out through multiple levels? So 
Um, in this case, same thing. Kronos is just reported here. So, you know, it's still trying to it's not trade 172,000 shares. I mean, it's trade some stock, but we have a lot of stock on this trade today. So I think you wait a day or two and you see if you can find some stabilization in the low sixes. I do want to also mention if you pop over to Benzinga's YouTube channel at 2 p.m. Eastern time today, you'll see the Benzinga Cannabis Hour. We're moving it over from a different YouTube channel to our main YouTube channel. So we're going to be interviewing a number of uh, cannabis executives. Uh, it's a bi-weekly show. Uh, Benzinga's YouTube channel, 2 p.m. Eastern time, the Cannabis Hour. Check it out. I highly recommend it. It's, uh, in terms of level of production, that's what we are aspiring to be on, on our show. Uh, so that is Kronos. What about Costco here? They're out with their yeah. uh, July sales yesterday after the close. And uh, wow, were they good? Up 13%, uh, 13.2% year over year in terms of uh, comparable sales. E-commerce sales up 75% year over year yeah. in July. I mean, just fires on all cylinders all the time. It's the best retailer really out there. You can say Walmart, I guess Amazon, but obviously Amazon's Amazon. But if you're just comparing big box stores, Costco just rocks. And again, every time you get a pullback, it's just another buying opportunity. I'm kicking myself because I wanted to buy it down at 300. I want to buy it 250. I've wanted to buy this stock forever. It trades with a higher valuation. I never stomach it, but you got to just ignore valuation in this market. And you get pullbacks on the stocks that are firing on all cylinders. They're buying opportunities, and Costco is one of those. You know, I am really kicking myself on this one. We're both got sore bumps. No, because I had a major buy signal in this about a week and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Did you want to know what the buy signal what was? was it? No. What I it went was? to Costco, and they're not giving samples anymore. Well, they haven't been doing that for months, Joel. But it finally kicked in, man. They're saving so much money. I'm not. <laughs> that's, not that's not Costco. Yes. Well, it's. I'm telling you, man. There are those ladies out there, and like they stand there, and then like they take them out of the oven, and oh. everyone jumps on the lady and everything. I, I'm, I'm They're saving sure. millions of dollars. No, I'm pretty millions sure. Millions of dollars. I'm sure that's outsourced. I'm pretty sure that's outsourced. I, I don't even know if they pay for that. No, I. Th I, I think I, I think those are just you know the companies that are trying to sell and promote their own product. Yeah, so I'm not. I don't even think Costco pays for that. No, I don't think they do either. I, I think I think it's outsourced to another company, and, and the samples themselves are from the 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 products. The product, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I think it. Is, I think you're correct. I think it's the product. I'm not okay, sure. So I'm people... not a fundamental analyst on Costco to tell you where it all breaks down from. I'll tell you, they don't even care about the bottom line. They've never cared about the bottom line. So savings on the bottom line is really not a concern for Costco. It's that top line growth. And they're growing 75% sales growth online, you know, up 13% same store sales in a, in a pandemic. I mean, Costco works no matter what. Yeah, nice chart. It was real sleepy for a while. And then it, uh, it finally broke out here from 330. Uh, it's not, it, I'll just give you the pre-market high. There's not a lot of volume trading on this, right, Triple D, if you look at it. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's and you got to be careful. This isn't one of those situations where they sell it yeah. off on good news. So you just I be careful. So. That's what I. Yeah, if I was in this, I don't if, chase. If I bought it off my sample thing, which I didn't, and also you could say people aren't eating the samples, so they're hungrier, so they're buying more food before they leave. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a stretch, I think. Come on, I, uh, right, we'll give you something there. All right, I'll, I'll give you a little, little bit of that. So we're yeah, talking we'll, uh, three forty-six here. Uh, okay. Pre-market high, right 346.40.
So keep an eye on that. Not a lot of volume associated with this. All right. Before we go back to the earnings, we do have an offering this morning, Blue Apron, uh, with a $4 million share offering they announced yesterday afternoon or evening. Um, kind of expected. Uh, you, you know what's expected? We haven't seen the uh, the Kodak offering yet. Uh, I guess maybe because they're – they're under uh, investigation they're in now. Jail. Maybe we're not going to see that. Did they? Did they announce one? They didn't announce one. Did no, they? no. They and that's what that's my, what I'm saying. They haven't announced one yet. We all thought they would. Uh, but yeah. Blue Apron uh, is announcing one here. Their stock is, has rallied, so uh, not a total surprise. We got the pricing on the space offering too last night around eleven o'clock. Finally got it. Took a long time. Nineteen fifty. So that's the line in the sand. Somebody asked me, "Am I buying more space?" I kind of want to. Um, I got a pretty sizable position in already, though, and obviously I've watched most of my gains disappear. Um, so do you get a second shot? I think if I wasn't in it, I, w- I would be buying it down here. Again, this is speculative capital. It's a story stock. There's no earnings. Obviously, we don't know who's going to fly to space, but I think they could do a lot of different things with this. It's one of those companies that I'm putting in my long-term portfolio, and I don't plan to look at it for a decade. So not a trade, not a trade. Um, but even as a trade here, it's come off, and you know, do you get some support in here eventually in the te- in the teens? I think so. So it's an interesting level around 1950 because that's where the offering price is. Hey, speaking of companies with uh, with no revenue, remember we were talking about Nicola yesterday. Uh, this is what happens when you dig into the filings. You can find some cool stuff. Remember how I said they did have 36 whatever thousand dollars of revenue last quarter, and you mm-hmm. said how do they get that? Mm-hmm. You want to know how they got that revenue? Oh, installing solar panels for the for the founder. One job. Yeah, yeah. They installed solar panels. And the founder uh, paid him thirty six grand. And and uh, out of his. And, what's and the paid, founder worth now? And he paid the company. So. <laughs> what's the founder worth? Um. What's the stock at? Yeah. Like, how many do we know? How many shares he's got? Like, you know, on a company that's uh, on. on and, and one thing with the founder, we we talk about how promotional they've been too. And I mean, you know, we've had, you know, we, we, we who do we have? The CFO on the show? We had the CEO. Uh, yeah. Who was not? But, the founder. but he's not the founder. No, the founder is is. Uh, I mean, the market cap on Nicola, which has never sold a truck before, is thirteen billion dollars. So you know, there's a lot of hope there that this is going to be the next big EV play. They think you know it could be the next Tesla. It very well could be. You know, who am I to say it's not going to be? But $13 billion isn't dropping the bucket. They got that thing valued like this is for real. And we don't know if it's for real yet. And that's obviously why the prices come off significantly there. But I don't know how many shares the founders got, but I think that $36,000 job didn't, didn't break the bank. So no. 200 right. stock plus stocks reporting. Um, I had a couple that I was actually surprised at, um, but I don't know. Do we have it from the chat? Do we want to go to the chat? Well, what were you surprised at? And then we'll go to the chat. Um, there's, there's a few. Like Western Digital, I was surprised at how poorly they really did. And I mean, this is just an example of you're loved or you're hated. And Western Digital is now in the Intel crowd, and they are hated. Yep. And the reason, obviously, they cut that dividend, we looked like three months ago, to nothing. And that was out of the blue. And that should have been an indicator that, hey, you know, they obviously aren't going to be doing that great going forward. And the, and the earnings themselves for the quarter were okay. The earnings themselves were okay. $1.23 versus $1.21, $4.29 billion versus $4.34 billion. So just a slight miss on the sales. It's the guidance that was like, wow. Yep. This thing is guiding down to the extreme. So they were supposed to make $1.33 for next quarter. They're estimated to make 45 to 65 cents. So you're talking like, you know, 40% of what they were going to make. Sales, they got it down. Estimates were 4.35 billion, 3.7 to 3.9. So I guess my question is, why is 
Western Digital doing so poorly. And you've got other chip makers, and you know, obviously it's a little different customer base maybe, but do, just firing on all cylinders. What is Western Digital doing wrong? Because this stock is absolutely hated and they're not doing well at all. And you see stocks like, I don't know, maybe it's a poor comparison to talk you know, with AMD and stuff, but they all make chips. I mean, they all make you know. the same thing, don't they? Well, they've got to have different customers and stuff. So, you know, this is data storage. It's, it's a little bit different. Maybe it's not computing as much, but, you know, they're, they're chip makers. So I just don't understand why, and in, in, I'm not an analyst in the industry, but it's unbelievable how, you know, you're Western Digital that just is basically back at its March lows. And you've got a stock like AMD that, you know, it's, it's tripled you know, or at least doubled. Well, don't, doesn't Western Digital, don't they make like hard drives and stuff? And they do a little bit of all that. Yeah. So, so if, if we're going on the cloud and away from maybe hard drives, there you go. Now we're thinking now we're they thinking. do say cloud storage right on their like company description. though. So they well, got that put on there, but maybe you're right. Well, maybe you? that, I would say that too. <laughs> so yeah. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's too much like here and we want to be up in the cloud. So and maybe that's it. But I don't own any Western Digital. I've owned it before. You still got your WDC, Joel? No, I sold that. I sold that. You sold out too. You sold that while. You trade that while. When Joel gets back in Western Digital, he's like the Western Digital trader over here. So I should be throwing this to you. You've done it pretty well. So give me your technical thoughts. I would just, I I don't know. This has been like a yo-yo here. I mean, if you want to take a shot here. Someone has an opinion at 39 right now. This is just in the pre-market trading. Uh, pre-market low came in at 38.50. You're perilously close to the low of the move here. So uh, 37.65, believe it or not, that was a low in May. I uh, actually got a little bit lower in March. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's just it's just been dead, been in the trading range, broke down through that $40. So maybe hold out for that May low. I guess they don't make chips. So I've always just thrown them in into the category of all of them, but I guess they're in the category, but they're, they're in the category, but like I said, I think it's like hard drives. Yeah. It's funny. You trade something for a decade and I always thought they were making chips too. I guess they don't. Cause I just looking here too. Uh, and the chat's telling me they don't. So tomato, mostly, tomato, mostly storage, tomato, tomato, hard drive, cloud. It's all, storage. that's all. Same thing. It's all storage. Fundamentals don't matter in this market anyways. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what else was on your list? And, and then we'll go to some, some stocks in the chat. Uh, uh, did we get the floor numbers? I didn't see. I FLIR. They're supposed to report, yep, we aren't they? Got them at seven thirty. Okay. Uh, EPS beat sixty-four cents versus fifty-two cents. Yeah. Sales four eighty-two versus four seventy-three million. So beat to beat. This is the you know this is obviously thermal imaging, and I'm long it. I know Jason Rasnick's long it. Um, it's a reopening play for sure because, you know, I think eventually everybody's going to scan. So the earnings were pretty good. Does this get hot again? I think he's just got to, this is all about, you know, vaccines. And obviously if we all go into lockdown, you don't need thermal, thermal imaging anymore. But if we're going to reopen everything and open up the whole economy, be a lot of floor systems that are going to be scanning people's temperatures. So, and obviously looking, you know, for temperature within your body by using the thermal imaging part of it. So, I look at this as a reopening play. It's trading up here. I'm still in it. Great support down at 40. The earnings were pretty good. It's not really lifting much, though. Yeah, you did get to 44.20. I think for this one, if it holds, the longer it holds 43 here, I think it's better. You had um, highs in late June and then early July. Once again in July, that's just been a pesky area here. So I know we traded above it yesterday to, uh, it, you know, almost 43.50. 
Uh, but that's it. Hold, hold 43 here. I like this to the upside. People all want to talk. So they're throwing us symbols. Let's go to the chat for a little while here. I haven't done data dog in a while. DDOG. Move away from the earnings. Let's just do ticker time here for a few minutes. Okay. DDOG. Yeah, they didn't report, but they're on the calendar. I think. When are they? Yeah. Let's look it up in the pro real fast. Um, I see. Yeah, they are due after the close today. This is in consolidation station. So obviously it's going to, and we've seen some, some, some of the plays here. Some of the, the tech ones have really moved up, sell off on good earnings. Sometimes you see that happen a few times and then people, oh, I'm just going to sell them ahead of time. So this could actually benefit from a little bit later in the cycle. I think if they beat, I think this could actually rally. Just because I think people are already thinking, oh, you beat, you go down, you miss, you go up. Well, that was today's story. Maybe tonight's story could be different. So Dog has been hanging out here near, near the highs. Let's see what the numbers are. If the numbers are good, um, this thing could be over 100. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to chew through the, uh, the trio of highs and the 98 handle. 98.14 and 99.89 is the uh, all-time high. Those those three highs right there. That's six bucks away. If you get a look at that ahead of the report, that might not be a bad area. As far as the dailies go, nine. I mean, you, you got you've had uh, two lower highs, so I'll use 95.36. It's down a buck seven. No real downside. Holding 92 is pretty important. 91.70, the low from yesterday. 92.13 is the previous day's low. So just hanging out uh, ahead of the report. Sono, uh, we're going back to the earnings because chat's got a lot of earnings stocks in there. And I do want to talk this one as well. Getting the beats here this morning. Uh, give us the numbers. Yeah, this is the uh, what, the Bluetooth speaker company, right? Yeah. We have one at the office that no one, yeah. can, no one knows. Good speakers. Call. Um, 52 cent loss per share last quarter. That was uh, looking for a 27 cent loss estimate. So a big miss on the EPS sales did beat 249 versus 235 million dollars. They gave some guidance for the year that was above estimate. So good guidance, uh, but light earnings for the last quarter. It's a loved stock pulling back. Stocks in a clear uptrend, getting a pullback here, which is going to try to break trend. I think you got buyers fourteen fifteen. I think you know buying the dip on stocks that are in uptrends are is a good idea. I'd be more inclined to buy the dip on this one. Uh, traded down uh, two and a quarter, fifteen and a quarter. <clears throat> I don't like that it's breaking down here through this fifteen fifty area. So for me, in order for this thing to get some life, you got to get back over fifteen fifty, fifteen sixty. And uh, I see a little bit more downside in this one than perhaps you, Dennis. I maybe would wait to fourteen. 1463. Uh, that represents your low on July 16th. Jumping back to the chat. Back to the chat here. Let's go look at. Actually, you know what? There was a there was a ticker drops in for a couple of days that we haven't looked at that I want to get to. Uh, pets. P E T S. Pet meds. Yeah, we have not. This was dropped in a couple of days ago. Wow. They had earnings on Monday. That is um, consolidation station. That is classic support yeah. holding on 30. 30 is the line in the sand. That is a Harlan pie. And what number jumps out at you? 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30. As long as this thing's holding 30, try it on the buy the dip. If this thing breaches 30 and it's been down here for a while, so eventually it could, um, it could be in trouble. Then you always got to watch for the, the, like sometimes what they like to do take out 30, go to 29, shake everybody else in on 30, and then bring it back above 30. So I'd actually like it better if it went down to 29 then pop back up with 30 because then you shake out everybody who's been leaning on this support. So, But support is support and pelts broken. $30 is huge. 
I'm looking. I'm looking at you. Looking at thirty. I look at thirty-two. I'm looking at all. Oh, the re- little resistance. Yeah, yeah. yeah you so, you trade that little range in there. You're, you're, yeah, you're, trade your the time range. frame's shorter than mine, Joel. No, I'm just just looking at it. <laughs> just looking at you know. You put your buy stop in there if it gets above of thirty-two. I mean, it's got some room here on the dailies, but uh, trading range thirty-one fifty-five. Not quite uh, up at the t- upper end of the trading range. Uh, you know what's interesting too just taking away from the chat for a second adt because they reported and you've got this stock that's almost you know you're starting to get to a point where you're filling a lot of the gap um obviously we gapped up on the google deal at a certain point and the earnings were a disaster but the earnings isn't pricing in the google deal at a certain point here adt could it be a buy adt i, I would just point out has not had a profitable quarter since the last quarter of 2018 does profits matter I'm just saying. It, it's still a hell of a gap, and it's down to nine. I don't think it's going to fill all the way to nine. And the stock was 17 after the Google deal. I think you're getting in this an 11 handle. I think it's interesting as, as a trade for a bounce. I, I think it's interesting. I think, that, I think this is a stock that they might actually buy the dip on because the earnings were a disaster, but people were, were all excited with this Google deal, which is obviously nothing to do with the earnings reports. So I, I think people buy this dip. And how low did it get? It got lower than this, didn't it? They already did buy the dip. Got down to eleven. Yes, they did. They I did. think mid elevens. I think. I think I might take a fly. Yeah, to me, that's just like you're buying in the middle of no man's land. Right? A little bit. Yeah, but do you think yeah. it's going to fill the gap all the way? I, I don't they, know. They, they just I, I take the know. Google deal and throw it out the window when they were doubling the stock, you know, three days ago on it. I think they still. I think. Yeah, still I know. I Dennis, why don't you buy a little bit here and then buy more when it goes to nine? <laughs> maybe that's the way you play it <laughs> buy a little bit in the 11s and i always lose when i buy a partial position and then buy the rest of the position down nine it's not a bad idea uh kind of like it uh and then uh i just wanted alarm got a bounce you know that thing oh, yeah. got blasted remember we talked about that yeah i think you know? we got that one right we've been getting yep. a lot wrong lately but then we got that one right <laughs> yeah that sold off on it. i was like i think it's gonna bounce back and it did it's up six seven bucks from there Okay, uh, S&P Futures. We got a good in, call. I've had some back In the green here. Uh, we went green. We Nice rally off that low. Uh, that uh, They liked uh, that early jobs report number, uh, getting us uh, green on the session, hanging out 33.17. What about the trade desk here? TTD uh, reports after the close today, and it has been on. Oh, my Lord. It has been on, exactly. That's what I said. Price for perfection. Let's watch the rotation. The rotation is going to matter today. So if they continue to sell off tech, rallies and TTD should be sold. But if they'd reverse it today um, and they start buying the tech stocks again, then not everything changes. So there's a lot of information from the macro pit, from the overall stock market, that is going to dictate how TTD does. Because they're probably going to blow it away. But this is definitely priced for perfection. So the question is, how are they going to be looking at tech? Right now, they're looking at it like we still kind of like value better than tech, at least in the last few days. Are they going to reverse it today or not? I've started to see a reversal in the pre-market already that I feel like tech is starting to get some love. So that's the question. And, and we've seen you know, multiple stocks, multiple cloud uh, or, or multiple uh, – uh, this is a different play – but multiple uh, stocks and tech stocks that have been running and running and running. We've seen them, you know, reverse multiple times on good earnings. I think that people might, I, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm just saying yeah, it's I, crowded trade, <laughs> but maybe everybody's anticipating that it's crowded now. Yeah. Um, I'm not looking forward to having Ryan Craver on again because uh, he, he pounded the table on this stock. I don't know how many It's been times. unbelievable. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's how much to right? say? He had 500. <laughs> Ryan's, a great, Ryan's, a, Ryan's a great guy. What's wrong with Ryan? I don't know. He, he begged 500 me to buy on a kisser is huge. Yeah. It's just a huge number. Yeah. Maybe I'll buy it at 501. You know, that would be a clear breakout there. No, I'm joking. Uh, great move. It's going to move. I don't know what the expectations are, but it's going to move huge on the earnings. So it's going to be a huge move. All right. Well, in five minutes, I'm going to bring on the CFO of Chegg, Andy Brown, uh, CHGG is a ticker. If you don't know it, we're going to talk about uh, education is at a really weird spot right now. So we're going to talk with him about that. Uh, they just had a blowout quarter. Talk about that. So that'll be in five minutes. Uh, let's go to a couple more tickers from the chat. I'm seeing a lot flowing by here. Generac, we've we've talked about that in the past few weeks. We are coming into hurricane season here. Yes. Uh, so that that is a seasonal trade that we do see. This doesn't pretty much every all. year. But this has just been on fire, even like way before going in. And obviously, maybe it was COVID, and everybody's buying generators because they think eventually we're all going to lose power. I don't know what the play is on that, but unbelievable how much GNRC has been running. I, I like all these stocks are so hard to do technically because I I they're was... all straight up. They've been running the, the, you're chasing the hell out of them all, but they continue to go higher. Yeah. So I don't know. Like it's tough. Like I, I like consolidation station. Like the time <laughs> to buy Generac was when it was 140 and it, it sat there for three, four days and then yep. it broke out and then it's the gap. Never gave up. you a chance, but never gave you another chance. I mean, AMD was, you know, a, a good call by me and I was saying with 76, I think it's going to hundred. I said, by the end of the year, it's 85. I mean, that was a time to strike when it was in Consolidation Station. To come in and buy GNRC now, and they're, are they due to report? It's coming, isn't it? What's GNRC right. report? Let's check it out in the Benzinga Pro. I'm seeing an unconfirmed dates. So, oh, no, they're already out. They already reported. Oh, they already reported. They're reported. Yeah. That was the gap and go. I mean, it keeps running. You got hurricanes. You got lots of things firing on all cylinders. Keep raising up your stops if you're in it. But if you're coming and buying it now... It's due for a pullback. Uh, yeah. So, like, you, you look look back to May, and you can see a similar. You had a gap when you went from 100, and you a gap and go, and you ran to 120, and then you had two ugly days where it really got ugly there for a bit. So the time to strike was when it came back to the original level where it broke out from, like $100. You, you did, you know, after a month, you did get a second chance. I think that's the same story here. I mean, maybe there's a story. Maybe the market cools off. Maybe this thing gets back to 140, 150. Then you strike. But just chasing them here... You can do it, and it's been working, but eventually they pull the rug out from under you, and the thing drops 15 points in a day, and then you're like, what? So I don't know how to control the risk here, and that's probably why I, I don't chase stocks. Generac, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to tell you on this one. Trading up 258, uh, just pre-market like, Why is it up little... again today? Oh, it got upgraded. Bank of America upgraded it. And that's just it. You have these earnings, and then you have the analyst upgrade cycle coming because they all got all chase price and raise their price targets, and that's what keeps driving the prices higher. But the train left the station five, six days ago, right before the earnings. And if you're looking at it now, I mean, you're jumping on a moving train. I don't know when it stops. Nobody yeah. knows when it stops. It's not going to stop. I think that's the point. <laughs> well, no, it will stop. We just don't know where the stop is. Of course. So, I mean, that's the the one thing. As you know, people who buy and chase think it's going to go up forever. I mean, uh, so going back, and I can go on a quick tangent here because we're going to run out of time. But I'll make it really quick. Going back to when I originally started trading, I was chasing everything too. I was like, oh, this is moving. Oh, I'm going to jump in this, jump in this. And I would, you know, you'd make on one thing and then you'd lose and then you'd lose and then you'd make a little bit and you'd lose. No consistency at all with chasing stocks, which is why I learned the hard way. I don't chase stocks. 
So I wait for consolidation station and then I strike. Um, you know, it was tough to strike on this at the consolidation station because the earnings was coming. But I mean, the AMD example, you know, from 77 you know, the other day, I had three highs in the same area. It's looking like it's ready to go. NVIDIA was the same thing. Um, it was in consolidation station for a month, just around, you know, between 400 and 425. And now it takes off. So, you know, it's, it's buying them when they're ready to go as opposed to buying them when they're going. All right, uh, guys, any final thoughts before I bring on our, our next guest, Andy Brown? on today's market maybe for you dennis since you're going to go, go to yeah trade. i i just think you're going to be in rotation station here again watch the iwm you are trading higher right now value is winning a little bit over growth but again we're on day three and it seems like on day three it always turns so i'd be cautious chasing that trade right now all right i want to bring on our next guest now andy brown as i mentioned he's the chief financial officer at chegg Chegg's coming off a uh, massive quarter i'll read you some numbers here as andy comes on uh <laughs> record quarterly revenue for them 153 million dollars that growth was driven by uh services revenue which grew 57 percent, and subscriber growth which grew 67 percent. andy good morning good morning gentlemen i know it's early for you so i appreciate you coming on with us uh what drove that massive growth last quarter Wow, yeah, it's been a, it's been a remarkable uh, ride, not just for one quarter. However, it's been you know we've been growing very rapidly for the last you know several years. Uh, but as as you know, the the on the onslaught of uh, the COVID virus, as bad as it was, and and kids unfortunately had to leave campus and go uh, learn from home. Um, uh, we saw uh, an accelerated increase in our new subscribers, uh, as you know, the help that they would normally get at school wasn't there. Uh, and we're and 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 we we certainly benefited from that. So your CEO uh, Dan uh, Rosenzweig said that you're increasing your investment in international growth. I was hoping, wondering if you could just break down uh, the growth trajectory of the business from the U.S. and then comparing that to international because they're two different markets. Yeah. So so if you if you looked at Chegg, I don't know, eighteen months ago, we were primarily a U.S. U.S. based uh, you know. Uh, service for our students, um, you know, college students, high school students. Um, and we started a, in the beginning of last year, uh, making some significant investments in, in international, both from a system standpoint, e-commerce, uh, where we could do multi-currencies, uh, content for their international markets, and then starting to do some marketing. And, and what we've seen is a, a significant um, acceleration of our growth internationally, and it re-accelerated uh, 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 as, as COVID hit. Um, and the thing that's been really uh, uh, remarkable to us is we, we focus first on the English-speaking uh, countries, right? You can imagine uh, Canada, UK, uh, Australia. Uh, but what's been remarkable to us is, is that we've seen an influx of students in the last you know, half year uh, that are non-English speaking. So countries like Turkey, Saudi Arabia, um, uh, South Korea. Uh, so yes, we've seen, a, you know, so we are now becoming truly an international, international service for our students uh, and it significantly increased our TAM. So let's talk about uh, this coming school year uh, for a second. Right now, districts around uh, America are trying to just decide, do we go full remote this year? Do we go a hybrid model? Do we go just proceed as, as usual? Uh, would, would either of those three approaches have a material impact on Chegg? You know, I, I think what you've seen uh, with COVID uh, is what, what we, we've, we've talked for many years that if you're if you're betting on Chegg, you're betting on the inevitable. And that we, we, were, we built ourselves, built our company around that we believe that more and more education was gonna be online 
Um, uh, and so it's more accessible, uh, available, uh, relevant. Um, and what we've seen as a result of COVID is an acceleration of that. So when we think about the fall semester, for example, um, you know, whether kids are going uh, in person, uh, whether it's online, or where, what most are doing, interestingly enough, is a hybrid model, right? Uh, you know, you get in a lot of colleges where they're allowing a, either a portion of the kids onto campus or they're allowing all of the kids onto campus, but then there, some classes are online, some classes are, are in person. Um, but either way, we believe we benefit, and we believe what we've seen, this is a seminal point where we believe that, in fact, uh, the face of education and, uh, and, and kids ability to learn online has changed, uh, you know, it has changed uh, as a result of the, uh, of the pandemic. Oh, Joel, let me unmute you real fast. Oh, no, Joel, we got you. Unmuted. Sorry about oh, that. Okay. Uh, just going back, you know, I'm thinking about the universities here and, um, you know, the amount of money that students have to uh, spend to go to school. And I know this is probably throwing you a little bit of curveball here, but like if you were the president of a, of a major university right now, um, obviously the safety of the students are, are number one. I mean, what are you thinking? What are you going to do? I don't see, you know, I think we, we just have a generational change here. Uh, with as far as universities go, and it cost a lot of money to run them. If you if you were switch your hats and you're president, let's say uh, University of Michigan right now, I mean, what are you thinking? What's your plan? Well, you, you know, you, you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, if you think about uh, universities, the the traditional institutions, not the online institutions, because I do believe more and more uh, kids will will start using online institutions like. Uh, Southern New Hampshire University and Western Governors, um, but the traditional, what I'll call residential uh, schools that like I went to, uh, fundamentally haven't changed, right? I mean, I've been out of school for 38 years. I go back and visit, with, uh, visit uh, I'm on the uh, Business School Advisory Board at Eastern Illinois University, and truth be told, in 38 years, nothing has changed. It's the same old, same old, right? It's the same old classroom, it's the same old schedule, and yet, technology has changed, and in fact, the student has changed, right? So this, that, that traditional 18 to 22-year-old student is now a 25, 26-year-old student that is working, that has, that, that uh, and so um, I think there's got to be fundamental change uh, uh, at, uh, at what I'll call the traditional universities. Uh, they, they've got to start accessing and using technologies that pretty much every other industry has used, right? I mean, if, if I think about, you know, just industries in general, I mean, there's, there's every, almost every industry we know about has been disrupted by technology, right? I mean, think about movies and Netflix. I mean, just think about everything. Um, and so I, I do believe that there's going to be some fundamental changes. And the universities, as we know them today, the traditional universities, particularly things like state schools, um, uh, you know, it's, it's going to change and it's got to get, it's got to be lower cost. It's got to be more relevant, uh, which is why you think about it, why you're seeing uh, a, a, an explosion of skills-based companies, something that we just got into, right? We, we purchased a company back in October, Thinkful, because what employers want is relevant skills, is what they're really desiring. It's less about the degree and it's more about relevant skills. So from 2010 to 2018, the enrollment rate at four-year uh, colleges uh, rose 10% in, in this country. Uh, it sounds like you're saying that you, you see that number declining. Uh, if, if that's the case, how, how does that impact your company? 
Yeah, so, you know, so when you th think about it, uh, what, what we do is we, we, su we support both sides of the education spectrum, right? We've got academic learning where we support academic learning, and we now support skills-based learning. And we do believe that skills-based learning over time is, be is going to become more relevant. Because when you think about it, that's what employers are looking for. It's, it, they're looking for the relevant skills to get the job done. Um, and uh, that's why we uh, branched out into uh, skills-based learning back in October of last year. I also, I want to ask you about something that you talked about uh, on a call with, uh, with Jeffries last month or a couple months ago. This is a, your check is a subscription service. This is a problem that all subscription services deal with, which is account sharing. And, and you said, and I'll, I'll quote you for a second. You said, I don't think we comprehend as a company how big account sharing has been. Uh, this is a problem that's not unique to you. But how big a problem is account sharing for Chegg and how are, you, how are you dealing with it? Yeah, so, so we've, you know, we've known about account sharing at Chegg for, for some period of time, um, for several years. And, and part of the reason we didn't address it was we, our goal early on was for Chegg to be ubiquitous on campus, right? So, I mean, if you think about Chegg, you know, if you think about Chegg today, we've, we've become the the, the, the verb on campus, as it were, right? People say, I checked it. Right. Um, so we've known about it. Uh, and we were in the process of addressing account share, and we started to do that uh, last year. It was more of a, we, we kind of went down two paths. One, what I will call a, 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 a short-term path, kind of a whack-a-mole um, type thing, where it was very manual. Uh, and, then, and then the second part was a te technological solution. Uh, however, uh, when kids went off campus, uh, what it revealed to us, and we don't know the exact numbers, but what it re revealed to us how big it really was, because that proximity sharing that you can do on campus yeah. went away, right? If you think about it, nobody on campus went away. Uh, and so what that, uh, that also informed us was we accelerated our investments around device technology management, right? Device management. And one of the things that we are uh, implementing this fall in the next few weeks, in fact, uh, is device management so we can control the number of devices that can access a subscription, whereas in the past we've not been able to do that. So, uh, so that's one of the, 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 the new things that's, uh, that's happening this fall. I also want to talk about uh, cheating, obviously, in the wake of the uh, college admissions scandal last year is, is top of mind. Chegg has been targeted by uh, short sellers, one of them called Chegg, uh, the poster child for institutionalized academic cheating. Uh, what is your response to that? And, and, and really, how do you prevent cheating? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, this is kind of an interesting thing. I think what you're talking about is some, you know, some very isolated cases. And then clearly the short sellers are, are, are finding ways to poke holes in our, in our thesis. Um, but, the, the, but the fact of the matter is this. We're, we are a learning site. Uh, when you think about other services out there where, you can, where, where there's a lot of user-generated content, right? Where kids can upload papers, they can upload tests, and they can download papers and download tests. That doesn't happen on Chegg. All of the content on Chegg is generated by Chegg. It's our own unique content. Uh, we also have uh, an honor code that our students are, are, are obliged to follow. And if we find that they haven't followed the, that honor code, uh, then we will, you know, we will suspend them. And at, at some point we expel them if they're repeat offenders. And so, but, so the net net of this is, you know, it, in, in, in any environment, you're going to have a, a, some kids that want to cheat. So Chegg's not the problem. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, the, it, it's, it's more the student. Uh, here's a question we got from our chat. Uh, in the wake of uh, record revenue, uh, quarterly revenue, uh, and the guidance raise, actually, do you have any plans to uh, increase the pay rates for your subject matter experts? 
Well, we do that on a, on a periodic basis. So we've, we've got, for those of the folks, uh, other folks that are on the line, we have 70,000 or more subject matter experts that we contract across the globe um, uh, to, to uh, you know, help with our textbook solutions and, and our expert Q&A. Uh, and they get paid on a per question basis. And that's, uh, those, those pay rates are reviewed on an annual basis uh, and uh, over the last several years have increasingly been, you know, we're paying a little bit more each year uh, as uh, um, uh, for those uh, for those questions, Joel, you have a quick one. Uh, how are the gym classes going? <laughs> the gym classes. What? Where? What is? Yeah, that's all. Well, that, I can t- I can tell you the gym is closed at our headquarters. That's for sure. The headquarters <laughs> is closed. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about I'm just thinking about my favorite class, you know, gym and recess in elementary school. But no, right. I mean, I guess that's going to be. Uh, I guess that's going to be hard to execute, huh? Well, I mean, a lot of stuff is hard to execute, right? I mean, I, I, I think you may have seen, was it, I forget, was it Rutgers or I forget who, who canceled their, their, their uh, college football season? Yeah, UConn, UConn, yeah. UConn, okay. It was UConn because, yeah, so I, so I think, the, the, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to be going back to the, the old normal in the fall. Let's, let's, you know, whether it be the, the, the academic side of education or whether it be the, the, the athletic side, things are definitely uh, are not normal. And, and I, truth be told, I don't think we ever get back to normal. I think there will be a new normal at some point in time, but it won't be what it was, right? Uh, whether it's academic or whether it's uh, in the sporting arena. Uh, and then, Andy, last one for you, just in terms of, of the stock. Like you said, you've been growing. It's been steadily going up for the past uh, four years or so, but you've never seen anything like what you've seen uh, in the past few months. Your market cap has, has basically doubled uh, since April, and that's obviously just a, uh, you're happening to a lot of stocks out there. But does this kind of sudden increase, uh, does that concern you at all? No. Well, I mean, why would it concern me, right? Uh, I mean, I think people are starting to realize just how valuable Chegg is in the education space. Um, uh, you know, it, we've, we've kind of, I think we've kind of gone under the radar for some period of time. Um, and, um, uh, and, and I think now, uh, you know, uh, it's revealing itself that in fact, online, on demand, you know, adaptive uh, uh, education is, is the future and uh, people are beginning to realize that. All right, Andy Brown is the Chief Financial Officer of Chegg. Andy, thank you so much for waking up early with us. We appreciate it, and stay safe out there. Okay, thank you, guys. Take care. All right, uh, that'll be a wrap for us. Hope you guys enjoyed that. That'll be up uh, on YouTube a few minutes after we're done here, and then it'll also be on our podcast, which is available on every major podcast platform. Please hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate any and all feedback in that arena. You can also email us if you like. Premarket at Benzinga.com is our email. Don't forget the Benzinga Cannabis Hour is 2 p.m. today on our YouTube channel, so check that out. I want to thank Andy and our other guest, Mark Chaikin. Thanks to all of you in our chat. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a good rest of your Thursday. Joel and I will be back with you in the afternoon. Okay. Phew. I was so nervous because I had to change the zoom link on him and I, oh, yeah, I, I, didn't I, did, I didn't know if he was going to join. Honestly, I wasn't, I didn't know the entire, for the entire show if he was going to join, but he did. And we had no issues with the stream today. So it was good. Okay. okay. All right. No problem. <laughs> But funny gym question. I liked it.
Yeah, I mean, they, and people who did not. That was funny. That was funny. That was, that was a good one. <laughs> that kind of threw him off guard, too. Okay. All right. Guard. I'll check it with you in a little bit. All Thanks. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.